Hello listeners, this is Kim C, and you're tuning in to The Year of Underrated Stephen King, a podcast that bows down to all words from the king's mouth. So, hi everyone, and thank you so much for joining me on this little mini episode where I wanted to do a little bit of a fun breakdown as we take a breather in between novels and get ready for the next investigation of the text. But uh, we had a holiday weekend here in the States not too long ago, and I had a topic pop up that I found just so full of wonderful talking points, so I wanted to share it with all of you because I think each and every one of us has our own individual paths we've taken uh, in this arena and in this genre. So I wanted to drop it in your lap and see uh, what you think. So the topic today is why horror? And this could be horror films or horror fiction or gothic novels or basically why do we choose willingly to be scared? So this is something that I really want to explore myself personally simply because I'm the world's biggest Freddy cat. I am racked with anxiety pretty much constantly and uh, horror for me was never something I gravitated to aside from, well, in retrospect, uh, I didn't think it was something I gravitated to um, in my later years post-grad school until I fell in love with the beautiful writing of Stephen King. And so I think back to when I was young and a uh, young child reading R.L. Stein and, you know, uh, Christopher Pike and all of those young adult spooky books, and I think they were really popular in addition to scary stories to tell in dark. So I wonder, I was attracted to those books just like most young kids, but I find this really fascinating when I look at how, what a Freddy cat I am now, but I willingly pursue the creepy works of Stephen King past and present because his writing's so beautiful. So this weekend I was having a conversation with a family member. He or she was trying to talk me into watching a super scary movie. Uh, I'm not a fan of slashers. I'm a ghost story gal. Um, So I declined, but um, they basically uh, asked me, "Uh, what do you mean you don't want to watch it? You do a horror book podcast. And I was like, do I? Um, (laughs) It's like, yes, I, I do agree that Stephen King is a horror writer, but I also consider him a fiction master, which is why I do the podcast. Um, But uh, it got me thinking to why I declined the film and also just the the road in which I've fallen more in love with the horror genre over the years and how Stephen King has sort of helped me be more brave when I approach the genre. But also looking at my own life, uh, thinking that horror is actually kind of a good thing. And I think a few years ago, I was unfortunately one of those judgy Janets who looked at people who really loved horror stuff as like, there's something wrong with you. You must just be a closet serial killer or a freak show or something. I no longer feel that way. And we're going to talk about that deeper um, 
But to illustrate where I stand with horror, the best way I can sum it up is for all of you classic film buffs out there, please, uh, hopefully you've seen the original King Kong in the 1930s. If not, the remake in the early 2000s was a lot of fun, but King Kong, uh, of course, is this uh, amazing epic film about this monstrously huge gorilla. I don't know if he's necessarily monstrous, but the only reason why he leaves Skull Island and the safety and anonymity of his, you know, little jungle existence. King Kong falls in love with Fay Ray. Well, that's the actress's name. I forget her name in the actual film, but she is the blonde starlet who kind of steals his heart and he falls in love with her and he wants to take care of her and she's special to him to his ultimate downfall. Uh, hopefully no spoilers, but it's a really old movie. King Kong is taken down in the end in an epic sort of battle of planes and man versus machine, or rather man versus nature. And the last line of the movie is when the director, I believe his name is Denim, is staring over King Kong's body and he kind of has this moment of reflection or revelation where he says, it was beauty that killed the beast. And I think that's me <laughs> in terms of pursuing horror fiction. I fell in love with the writing of Stephen King. Something grabbed me and continues to grab me every time I read his work. And even though I don't want to be scared, I don't want to be afraid, I walk into the dark unknown of his world because of beauty. Because beauty killed the beast for me. Beauty is the downfall for me. I will pursue it to the ends of my sanity, to the ends of my peaceful, non-anxious, staying up late well-being. Um, and so that is sort of me and the horror genre at present. I am willing to be afraid and to be super duper freaked out and unsettled and offended and all of those things if I feel the sort of artistic, academic, or expressive payout is is worth it. I do have boundaries for sure, um, but I'm always willing to be open-minded and stay as open as possible even though it means you know being freaked out because I do appreciate so so much art and literature and music and especially film and television are some of the most fantastic mediums we have. They're collaborative, they're, they transport us, they stay with us, and so for me, it is beauty that killed the beast when it comes to me approaching horror fiction. Um, I do, as I mentioned, have my boundaries. I'm not really a slasher fan, so it really needs to be sold to me uh, whether or not I'm gonna dive into a serial killer, killer narrative or a slasher film or anything like that. It really has to be sold to me on why I should should go for it, uh, whether it's a happy ending or a strong protagonist or really great plot twists or um, basically the beauty has to be presented to me. Like, is there, is it worth all of, is it worth me leaving the protection of Skull Island and facing sheer death in the big city? If it is moderately, then yes, I'm going to go for it. 
However, uh, I'm still gonna say no to a lot of horror stuff. So me personally, I guess I would not consider myself a typical all accepting horror fan. I have a pretty thick filter, but one of the best ways of getting through that filter is with gothic stories or horror fiction that isn't necessarily soaked in blood and gore and violence just for the sake of it, but are you telling me a good story? So that's a little bit of an intro of what's been on my mind lately when I'm thinking about the horror genre and where I personally stand with it, but I thought of a couple points about, let's see, I have five here that I'd like to share with you guys, and if I missed any or if you'd like to add to this list, please reach out to me as I love this topic and I would love to hear from all of you, um, but I have about five things that I wanted to discuss in my ideas of why horror is important, cool, something we should participate in, or why we do it. Um, I kind of touched a little bit on this and I think it's episode 10 where I investigate The Colorado Kid, which is a short little novel that I recommend everybody read. It's a wonderful little mystery. The ending is very twisty and lives, leaves a lot of question marks, but I think there's some big philosophical questions about the nature of a cold case and how human beings approach mystery, etc. So my first topic on why horror is I feel human beings have an innate desire to know. I think that we want to know all the time. We just want to know. And you could take this all the way back to the first story, to the first man and woman, if you believe in that particular creation myth or whatever creation myth you subscribe to or enjoy, there's always a desire to know. The human brain and it's all of its amazing capacities, we want to find out what will happen. And so we want it to make sense, we want to know the answer, we want to touch it, taste it, utilize it with our five senses. We are just so curious. And so I really feel that that is if not the largest, one of the largest is into why people who are incredibly frightened by the world and especially something where they know the subject matter is going to be very scary and creepy and unsettling, we want to know. We have to know. Um, whether it's a murder mystery or a horror film, I think that most people want to get to the end. They want to see resolution. They want to see justice. They want to see the bad guys die. They want to see the good guys rescued. We want completion and we want to know. So this second one I was thinking about uh, is about past trauma and battle scars. So this is something that I think uh, a psychology major or a psychologist psychiatrist would most definitely be better answering or exploring than I, but I'm just dipping my toe in where I feel if you did sort of grow up with a lot of 
anxiety or paranoia or basically you didn't really thrive in an environment, uh, a safe environment for a child, I think there's a little bit of scar tissue that gets built up. So by the time you are an adult, you have a pretty solid idea of A, what frightens you and that you've survived it. So that thick skin, I think, allows us to go into horror and horrifying situations and we're not going to be pierced as deeply by the subject matter because we may have survived something stronger or about approximately uh, that same strength. I think it's a lot of reasons why people who are uh, have had trauma or abuse are the best advocates to help others because of that scar tissue and um, those uh, that thick skin. So I also think if you were somebody who sort of grew up uh, with um, having to create a thick skin for yourself, submerging yourself in the horror genre I think is a bit, maybe uh, you guys can tell me better um, if I'm getting this wrong, but I'm viewing it a little bit like lifting weights. Um, it's a bit like keeping that strength up, like, okay, I'm not scared of this. Um, or if I am, you know, I want to get stronger and uh, figure out what I would do to escape or continue to have little teaspoons of thrill to uh, make sure I'm staying sharp. So so past trauma and battle scars, maybe a little bit, uh, in terms of having calluses for the dark unknown. So my third point, and this is I think absolutely unanimous across all cultures, um, kind of harkening back to the first one about human beings' desires to know, and that is that fear makes us feel alive. Um, I kind of talked about this a little bit when I discussed the Colorado Kid, but for the most part, uh, in the 21st century, we are incredibly blessed with modern conveniences and uh, creature comforts. We have climate-controlled rooms, and we are able to survive and thrive with grocery stores open all year. We don't have to hunt for our food or plant crops, or so we're able to pursue our dreams and meaningful pursuits rather than just survival day in day out and because of that I think we get a little bit cushioned and comfortable in that and so when we are afraid or freaked out or when we get to enjoy a, a freaky experience with an audience we are just feeling that physical response in our body whether it's our chills on our arms a rapid heartbeat a little bit of sweat um, you're so alert you could hear a pin drop your vision is sharp your breath breath is tight, your lungs are, you know, holding in air and you're just ready to pounce and flee and survive and that's an amazing feeling and I think we lose touch with that a little bit in the modern day and so when we get to go into a theater or watch a movie or read a book where it's just us and these words and this vibe and this mystery, you, I find myself gasping and having to just breathe because I'm holding my breath so much, my hands are clammy, and that is an 
And that's a sensation. And that is connecting to our bodies and reminding us we are living human beings who have felt this maybe every day of our lives thousands of years ago. Uh, this is the fear response and it makes us feel very much alive. And that can be a lot of fun, especially in a movie theater when you have a big jump scare or when you're just in that moment where you're going to scream or for me personally, I am a, when I watch a scary movie, I'm such a wimp and I wrap a sweatshirt around my face, my ears are plugged, my, my hands are in front of my eyes, I'm still jumping, I'm still screaming, um, but after that release, I end up having a really good time and loving it and laughing with my friends and that shared communal experience also makes me feel really alive as well. So two more, um, I also want to look at in addition to how uh, some of us might approach horror due to past trauma or battle scars, I think uh, how brave we are. And I think we can kind of look at this biologically and sociologically when we look at tribes all over the world and how um, masculinity or that alpha position is gained. Um, you know, back in the 50s, while well, they're still doing it today, actually, I was thinking about Greece and all those 50s movies um, where they're playing chicken in their cars, and it's all about seeing who's the bravest, who's gonna chicken out um, the quickest, and who's the bravest. And I think that, um, especially uh, with certain gender and certain age groups, um, putting yourself in a situation where your limits are going to be tested, where it's the brave ones who are going to withstand the fright, um, people want to rise to that challenge and look at how brave we are, how much courage do you have, are you a coward? And so this is looking at society, of course, in general, but also, you know, um, uh, bravery equals strength equals potential positions of leadership and admiration from your peer group. So all kinds of sociological nerdy pathways we could go down with that. But I've uh, noticed that the uh, when you look at the way um, horror films are examined, like with date nights and with couples, uh, and snuggling very close, and I think there are certain individuals who try to be the stronger of the two, who try not to be afraid, who try to not sink into their chair and cower, they want to be the stronger force and, um, and be the braver um, person in that unit. So looking at that can kind of establish bravery, um, and we see that throughout nature too, who's going to stick their arm into the spooky a uh, rocky hole or who's gonna go into the dark cave or who is man enough to swim into the deep spot uh, the deep unknown it's who is brave and I think that we want to know who that is in our society who's the biggest kid in the neighborhood who's who's uh, who's got the strongest punch who's the best who's the bravest and I think horror is one of those litmus tests that we put ourselves in uh, where we get to ask that question how brave we are how how strong are we mentally emotionally uh, to handle something that's pretty creepy and that m many people might not be able to endure without crumbling
And so uh, this last one slightly controversial and I was uh, clicking around the streaming service Shudder, which is pretty cool if you're a horror movie buff, and there's a lot of great documentaries that really explore this topic, um, but my last one is called So Dark the Con of Man, which is a, a nod to uh, The Da Vinci Code and Mr. Dan Brown, if you remember that infamous line in The Da Vinci Code, um, but basically the dark side of human nature and the purely carnal and potentially evil side of all humans and I think that horror um, I don't I think that it's difficult to ascertain who's got what inside of them but you know if you are listening to that sinister side maybe horror allows a cathartic experience for you to uh, see something that or experience something that might be you know a dark fantasy or something of in in that realm and so this is where it kind of really is best for a psychology of psychology uh, more centered focused individual to maybe answer but I, I think that there's darkness of course in all human beings we are capable of great evils um, and also great goods of course um, but I, I have I, I hesitate to say that horror horror movies give, you know, uh, freaky people an outlet, but I think, I don't, I wouldn't count it out. Um, I think that some people do want to experience a kind of release or a kind of something, just like we all do, whether it's food or video games or sex or shopping, we're all looking for um, a release and something that feels good and brings us pleasure. And so some people really want a suspenseful and exciting experience with uh, something that freaks them out or maybe taps into a sinister side whether you're a writer or a creator or a filmmaker and you really like spooky macabre horror elements and then you're able to visualize that on screen with special effects makeup and CGI and there's something really uh, cool about it and this is something that I think I've learned the most with um, because, as I mentioned, I used to be such a fraidy cat and also very judge judgmental. I tried to keep an open mind, but my brother dragged me to the Insidious movie one time and I went kicking and screaming and my brother is just absolutely loving it. I'm in my chair dying, wanting to go home, wanting to leave. Um, I did see the film later on uh, down the years and actually really enjoyed it, but at that time it was just too much for me. The loudness, the dark, the mystery, the jump scares, it was too much for my body and brain. And I reacted with great anger at my brother and I was so angry at why he was enjoying it and what was wrong with him, this isn't normal, and I kind of like verbally berated him. To which I apologized most, uh, most ardently. Rather recently, actually, I apologized and I said, 
um, brother, I didn't realize how fun it could be. I didn't realize that it's needed, um, that it's good for us to experience fear. It's good for us to know what we're afraid of. It makes us feel alive. All of these things that I've just discussed with you, I was able to view them in a newer light. And that's the best part about uh, growing and experiencing and learning new things and staying open. And my brother's the best. He forgave me swiftly and we actually go see creepy stuff uh, pretty often except when it's slasher stuff and then I have a I just can't unless unless you know there's it can be sold to me if it can be sold to me then I'm, I'm pretty down because there are some good ones out there uh, the fall um, on Netflix with Jillian Anderson that's a little bit of a serial killer one but it was so good the acting the performances the setting like sometimes that is so good that I'm willing to suspend my boundary or again walk into the dark for the beauty so to recap my little exploration I'm not a psychology major so I may have really just given you a little Flintstones vitamin chewable of what's really going on but I have the first one the desire to know past trauma and battle scars Fear makes us feel alive, how brave we are, and so dark the con of man. So those are my five little points. I know, I know for a fact there are way more than that and we could really get nerdy and go down the rabbit hole in terms of gender uh, and uh, old and young and all kinds of good stuff there. I would really love to explore the whole females and horror to a greater degree as well because so many, especially the earlier horror films, are viewed as misogynistic. It's just women being murdered in these terrible ways but then the horror films give birth to this amazing notion which is the final girl and that's the one who survives who stands strong and brave and all that good stuff and I've learned to appreciate the final girl not only in film but in literature as well and I think we have more stronger female protagonists because of the roots of Final Girl than we do ever before. We have complete female-centered video games and whole novels where our girl is suited up head to toe in armor and brandishing weapons. She is strong and she is unafraid because she's got a really thick skin. So it's an amazing genre. I am very new to the party, very late to the game. It's within the, you know, less than a decade. I've been slowly getting braver and braver. But those are my five points I just wanted to present to you guys. What are your thoughts on the horror genre? What keeps you reading Stephen King or other authors who are even more intense than he? What keeps you watching the creepy movies? Is it brilliant directors? Is it the collective experience? Is it because you just want to know? You have to know the mystery drives you forward. Um, I love this topic as I'm trying to understand understand it more myself. So I would love to discuss it further with all of you guys as we move forward into creepier Stephen King novels coming up. 
So uh, going forward, I am uh, going to leave you with these five. Looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts on why you adore the horror genre and uh, help me expand my frame to a greater degree. We are going to pick up on this topic where I make some lists of some of my favorite scary movies, um, both vampire and ghost. So those are coming up as well as favorite additional gothic novels to support those creepy movies because um, I think it's it's important. It's important to always connect um, literature and film. So that's about all I have for you guys in our little mini episode on why horror. So let's keep this conversation going. We are connected on all social media platforms, so please reach out to us there with any points that I forgot, any big ones or anything you want to expand upon, or if you have any other additional media documentaries or any other scholarly articles you would like me to look at, I love this stuff and would love to read more about it. Um, please, if you haven't already, give us a five star on Apple Podcasts so we can reach more readers coming up. And hopefully soon I will have our next novel analysis ready for you guys, as well as talk about some of my favorite ghost story centered movies and TV shows. And I'm such a sucker for vampires. Why not? So we might as well explore those as well. So wherever you are in the world, I hope you are safe. Thank you so much for listening on this little mini exploration into getting nerdy down the rabbit hole with all things horror. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.